quality soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this of McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scores. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug rugby podcast by the fans for the fans plugging the boys in blue black and white my name is Gabriel and after probably the best weekend of rugby in four years I am delighted to be joined by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom Tom lovely to see you good to see you mate what a weekend we had in uh, in Marseille back to a very cold dark London now but it was a uh... Yeah, a feast of rugby. One of the best weekends of rugby I think I've I think I've ever seen. One for the ages. Yeah, it was a cracker, as you say. We were lucky enough to make it down to Marseille via Nice um, for the weekend of quarterfinal rugby, which really lived up to the billing for fantastic games of rugby, and of course, most importantly for the Bath Rugby Plug, the Premiership was back. So. Managed to watch a bit of the action when we were out in France and then certainly spent the evening catching up on the game and brushing up on all things blue, black and white. So we're going to talk all about the Bath game here. The Bath win over Newcastle to kick off the 2022, the 2023-2024 season and kick off an exciting new era with Finn Russell starting for Bath along with Thomas, coming off the bench along with Thomas Dutoit. This is, of course, the Bath Rugby Plug brought to you by Black and White Butchers. Tom Dunn's Black and White Butchers, of course, the first home game of the season. And if you are going to the wreck this season, there's 16 games on the bounce now. Make sure if you get one of those tickets, you check out Black and White Butchers next to the Swift Half at the wreck. Um, watch this space for further news on the Black and White Butchers BRP partnership. And forget Cody Taylor, forget Dane Coles. What a what a little offload from from <laughs> Tom Dunn on the day out the back of the hand. I've never seen uh, a, a two foot pass um, that that was enjoyed more by 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 the players. It was a um, a lovely little piece for, of skill for him in front of his in front of his home fans. Yeah, fantastic that was from from Danny to set up one of Bath's really great tries on Saturday, of which. There were a few. Tom, before we get into talking all things blue, black and white, I just wanted to thank the listeners really for the fantastic um, and really quite overwhelming feedback that we had on the Johan van Gran interview that really kicked off season six of the Bath Rugby Plug. If you haven't checked that out, then it is in our feeds. And as I say, thank you for that. We really enjoyed it. Um, we thought it came across really, really well. And, and thank you again to Johan uh, and to the guys at Bath for facilitating that um, and hopefully watch this space and more of that to come. But Tom, let's get into the Bath game on Saturday against Newcastle. And kind of before we get into the match, we have to talk about the selection. As I say, Finn Russell 
on the bench, but on after 31 minutes. Redpath starting. Barbary, who feels like a new signing, mm. he was starting. And Thomas Detoit starting in the absence of Will Stewart on tight head. That kind of set the tone for, for the season, I guess. Yeah, we, we said last week, didn't we, that we thought it would be important to, 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 to make those selections, you know, if, if, if those players were available. Um, Cam Redpath and Finn Russell only have one day's break of obviously going out of the, mm. the World Cup with, with Scotland. And I think it just set the tone well. You know, it's been such a long pre-season, 17-week pre-season with the Premiership starting so much later than it usually does because of the World Cup. And there's been so much talk mm. and so much time around these, you know, around these new signings. Finn Russell, obviously, is, is kind of a talk of a town. But also Alfie Barbary, who we didn't see last year. Thomas Detoit, what's he going to bring as well? So yeah, I was really, really pleased with the the, the selection. Cam Redpath got a, a full 80 minutes on his his return and we can we can talk about Finn Russell when, when he came on as well. So yeah, really good selection and I think got fans and and, and, and and you know people following the club really excited for, for what could be an exciting and, and, and successful season. A 34-26 victory on the day. Bath getting the bonus point. Newcastle just missing out on a losing bonus point with a Brett Connor missed kick at the end. Do you think, Tom, that that is a fair reflection on the game on the game that we saw and on the performances of the two sides? I think I think more or less, I think you could see that there was a bit of a difference in class and quality mm. between the two sides. You know, I think it was mentioned in the in the commentary actually. There's clearly um, a big difference between the the state of the clubs financially. Um, you know, fan base wise as well, expectation. And I think that, that that kind of showed the glimpses of magic were mainly came from from Bath. And I think we we were a little bit too powerful and a little bit too well drilled and never really felt following the game and then then watching it back as well that we had any chance of losing. But I do think Newcastle fought mm. well. Yeah. Um, they have most of the ball actually. We spent a, a lot of time defending, made almost double the, the tackle count on Newcastle. So they made us work for it. Um, but I do think in what's a 10-team league, a close league, an intense season where, you know, squad depth's important, I do think Newcastle, with that squad, albeit they're missing a couple of, of Argentinians, I do think Newcastle, with that squad, are going to struggle to compete over the, the course of the season. Yeah, certainly from a Bath point of view, it did feel like flashes rather than a, a real sustained period of pressure at any point or kind of sustained period of of pressure throughout sort of five, 10 minutes. And, and it was just flashes of, of, of brilliance as, as we'll get into. And I think what was, I think surprising for me about the game was that those flashes came in an attacking form through the back line. I thought it might be the case that we'd be able to dominate them up front mm. and, and out physical them, out scrummage them definitely. But I don't think that was the case. And, and credit to Newcastle for that. I think they, they stuck in the battle well, as you say, but um. Yeah, the, the flashes of brilliance from Bath in, in, in the tries that they scored, I think, ultimately, was the difference. It looked, Tom, as we get into the detail of the game, that it was going to be a close one right from the off. Two Newcastle penalties gave them a 6-0 lead, and we kind of took a bit of time, 10-15 minutes, to really get into our stuff. And, and Newcastle, as you say, were definitely the better side in that period at the start of the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, they, they, they took their chance as well. They built a bit of a... Um, a bit of a steady league uh, and, and you know 
But I think when we did get our first kind of proper opportunity to to bear down on on their line, we did show you know some some real power, and we did show that we can just win the battle of the the, the collisions a little bit. Mm. And Alfie Barbary with his first try, well, first try in the in the Premiership for sure, having only played ten minutes prior to prior to this weekend. Alfie Barbary going over, and I think just firing a bit of a, a warning sign there that you know with Newcastle down to fourteen men at mm. that point with the the Stevenson yellow card, just firing a bit of a warning that we are gonna when we get close, we're probably gonna gonna make it pay. And how many times have we spoken about you know lacking that killer instinct, lacking that finishing um, instinct, and um, we showed that well there. A big but big carry from. Chris Clutter and then Alfie mm. Barbary kind of finds finds his way over. Yeah, five nil after sixteen minutes. I think the other thing that stood out to me, Tom, in in watching the initial parts of that game was was the number of empty seats, mm. unfortunately, at the wreck. And I know there's a lot of interest around the World Cup this weekend, and and, and maybe the Premiership will come into its own. But but also just from having a quick look at it this evening, some some relatively high ticket prices if we're, if we're going to be brutally honest and yeah that the stand that you can see from the camera shot was was almost completely empty in certain patches towards the top and, and in the corners and even the the Thatcher stand uh, which is the stand the players run out from that had a lot of empty seats which um yeah I think is probably a little bit of cause for concern yeah I, I think so I mean it's hard to know how much of that is because of the quality of of, of rugby that, that that was obviously going on elsewhere and you know just anecdotally we're out in Marseille mm. you were sporting a um, a lovely bath cap on the, the on the Saturday the, the the day of the the game and how many I mean compared to every single mm. other Premiership club how many Bath fans did we see walking around Marseille and the other cities of of France that 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 that, that well that I've passed through the last few weeks but like I spent more time there than here but we well, yeah, bar fans certainly turning out in their number so hard to know whether it's because of that or because of the ticket prices but it is you know it's a, it's a little bit of a concern we've been very very lucky with the attendances that we've had over the last couple of years even when we went on that horrible horrible run two seasons ago under Stuart Hooper 15 losses in a row mm. We still, I think, that season had the best turnout of fans as a percentage of of the the tickets that we we have available to sell. So it, it is a concern. Like it was looking back at some of the the ticket prices, G, as compared to to last season. And if you sit in the the, the, the temporary the Thatcher stands, um, I bought a ticket last year for fifty five pounds. That's up to seventy one for exactly the same seat in the upcoming game against against Bristol Bears. So that's up 29%. And, you know, obviously, obviously things are getting more expensive. Companies, organisations are having to, to, to put, put prices up. But that is a, a big, big increase, way in excess of, of what's it, what inflation has been over the last, the last, the last year or so. So um, it's dangerous. I don't think that any club can take for granted that they're going to sell out every single time. Mm. Um, obviously, they've had a very good run with season tickets, selling mm. out season tickets as well, and there's a waiting list. Um, so whether that plays a part, whether the fact that the wage bill this season has obviously gone up quite a lot as well, as we'll, as, as we'll talk about many times, I'm sure. I'm not sure, but there's a little bit of a, of a concern. That's a very big increase. And now tickets that were previously expensive, but 
um, you know, justifiable for people, probably are beyond that for, 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 for plenty. Yeah, someone's got to pay for the fly-off and someone's got to pay for a new stadium, but it does feel like a little bit of a kick in the teeth looking at some of those prices. And I, and I do think that, yeah, we saw that already against Newcastle and whether we play, when we play Bristol and when we play Leicester and there isn't so much of a, of a kind of distraction, I guess, from the Rugby World Cup, we might see that change or yeah. this might just be a bit of a, a worrying the, trend. The, the cheapest ticket to stand in the, on, on the terrace there under the post is 51. Mm. And that is, that, is, that, is, that is a lot of money. Mm. Yes, Tom, a, a, a less concerning theme of the game started to play out after that um, uh, Chris Clutter carry and Barbary try that you spoke about. And um, yeah, it was the first Ben Spencer try, the first of his hat-trick in his first game, confirmed as the long-term Bath captain. And, and this was a fantastic try from Spencer. But Big Joe, absolutely the star of, the, of, of this try, gathered a cross-kick from above his head which caused him to fall over, stood up, and kind of just the power on him to be able to brush off the, the opposing Newcastle winger from a standing start to make that break. And then Spencer, um, with a great supporting line for, for, as I say, his first try, 10-9, it was then. And, and, and all of Spencer's tries were, were yeah, really, really good. And, and all of them from that kind of attacking, attacking break and then following up line. Um, two of them from passes and one of them from a kick through. And I think that was a, a theme that was really, really satisfying for me to see was that we were making breaks, but then there was players in support of those breaks. Mm. Um, and I think Spencer was, was fortunate enough to get the whole, all three tries from those breaks. But if you see for this try, for the, the second of Spencer's tries as well, there's players around him that if he needed to pass it as well, or the pass needed to go either inside or, or past Spencer, um, there was options there for the ball carrier. And that was really, really good because it does feel, has felt previously a little bit like we'll make a break and then there'll be no support and we can lose that ball. So, yeah, I think we started to see perhaps the influence of of Lee Blackett in, in this game with those supporting lines and, and, and kind of flooding those spaces as and when breaks were made. And also the shape of the, the back line looked a lot better. Um, we can come on to talk about the, the tries that Russell was involved in, but already kind of in those early stages, Joe was getting into the game, carrying mm. the shape of the back line. It looked, looked really, really good. And, and, and kind of we did look threatening in, in stages of that of that first half. So as I say, Spencer try 10-9. Falcons did hit back to 10-16. Um, and then we had the, the Tom Dunn, try for Bath after the sorry the the Cam Redpath try after the Tom Dunn offload um, and then we saw the introduction of Finn Russell on 31 minutes after Max Ajoma was taken off for a HIA and that was maybe the biggest roar of the day for, for, for Finn Russell's arrival. Yeah I mean Max Ajoma was was clocked hmm. straight in the head by Matthias Orlando um, <clears throat> It's strange because we moan about TMOs and we moan about how long stuff takes. This kind of was almost the opposite. The, 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 obviously, they are missing plenty of referees for, yeah. for the World Cup, but the, the TMO kind of sounded like a, um, a Bristolian sat somewhere in, in a pub having a pint and just watching about the replays. It was very, very quick. And I think there were a bunch of things that were missed on both sides. To be honest. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't mind it 
but I thought that Max was was well pretty unlucky there to to, to get clocked and for that that not to be be looked at at and all. Then, but and then pretty soon after that, Newcastle on the other hand, they mm. had a, a try that was disallowed for being in touch after a Chris Clure tackle in the corner, and we were watching it back and paused it mm. on the moment where there's pretty clear shoulder to head contact in the act of scoring. For me, that's a as clear a day under the current rules and, and guidelines. That's a clearer day penalty try red card as, as you're almost ever going to see. Um, and as you say, there was one really brief look at it and Bath got away with that one and, mm. and maybe Orlando got away with the one on Ajoma. Let's kind of talk a little bit about Finn Russell, who that incident brought onto the field. He then ultimately got around about 50 minutes of action. What did you make of the first Sighting we had a Finn in the blue, black and white. I thought very encouraging. I mean, you know, the fact that he he, came, he arrived on the Monday. Mm. Um, he's not had a, a huge amount of time with the squad at all. And he slotted him very nicely. We saw a few moments of of real classroomen, um, particularly, I thought, um, kicking-wise. I mean, a couple of um, really nice touch finders that he, he made in open play. And that little moment where he... He grubber kit. He, he takes the quick twenty-two, mm. just the short twenty-two. Identifies that it's on down the left wing, um, and Ben Spencer scores via a, a Will Muir kick, and then an absolutely ridiculous piece of skill from Ben Spencer. If you've not seen the highlights, it's well worth going back to to, to, to look at that incredible from from El Capitano. But yeah, I, th- I thought I thought he was he was good in general. He's also defensively. I thought he he got stuck in as well. I mean, I, I said we had to tackle a lot. He made nine tackles out of nine. He was our seventh top tackler, Finn Russell, um, and he only played. He only played forty nine minutes. So I thought pretty good. Um, there was a there are a couple of of little errors, um, but I guess you kind of expect to see that, and and that's kind of the nature of 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 the way he plays. He looks very very relaxed as he plays. He was oh, stood there with a couple of bags of sweets and a Red Bull before the game, but. That's just how it goes about his business. What did you um? What did, like, what, what did you make of the the nine hundred fifty thousand pound man? <laughs> yeah, he's got money to buy plenty of bags of sweets, hasn't he? And yeah, it is. It's alarming just how relaxed he he looks on the field. You compare that to Owen Farrell or George Ford mm. or some of the other top tens that you see that just seem to be so intense. You know, I don't know why I'm thinking of England tens, but Johnny Wilkinson. Dan Bigger, all these tens that play with such like a ferocious intensity, and then you see Finn Russell, and it, it, it's just a different, different game. And I think, yeah, I, I think it was good. You know, let's not overdo it. It wasn't, you know, an amazing, amazing performance. But there's the caveat that he's been at the club since Monday and, and yeah. trained twice, and it can hopefully really only get better from this. And I think the backline shape is is, is partly down to him. Yeah. I also think Bailey and Redpath both showed some really nice glimpses as well. I think um, uh, Bailey's pass through for um, what was the um, uh, which try was that? The Spencer so spent, yeah, the Spencer yeah. second try, which put Chris Clutter into a massive yeah. hole, was was really really nice. And so yeah, I think that kind of <clears> that um, relationship obviously he knows Cam really well already, but I think that started to look. Look pretty promising. Yeah, and, and Orlando Bailey had a slot in at twelve as well, right? Yeah. Which is probably not a position at twenty-two, um, and a very new player that he's he's ever played. And I, I thought he did well. I wouldn't confuse the 
I wouldn't necessarily yeah conflate the Finn Russell very very casual style with the fact that he's not probably behind the scenes like a, or, or yeah. just outwardly an incredibly hard competitor and probably works very hard in his own way. I would I would I would say um, you don't get to to, to that level um, you know with, with, with without without being like that. So it is a bit alarming. It is a little bit when you see him having, <laughs> or you hear about him having a Burger King um, before the game. But there's many ways to, to to skin a cat. That's the beauty of rugby. All different shapes and sizes can can can, can do it in, in different ways. Yeah. So two Spencer tries either side of half time put us into a, a pretty commanding um, position. Uh, but as you said earlier, Newcastle stayed in it. A pretty scrappy try down the left wing for for um, Stevenson, kind of just kept them just in touch. Mm. Um, but Will Muir's outrageous finish in the left-hand corner kind of sealed it, and, and that was another really nice-looking back smooth with Russell being absolutely at the heart of that one. Yeah, I, I, again, it's, it's one of those, like the like the Big Joe um, break, or it wasn't even a break, standstill kind of shrug off that yeah. we, we saw against, uh, you know, on, on Ben Stevenson for the Ben Spencer drive. You do get the feeling that better teams will defend that much better. Um, no matter how good a finisher you are, and Wilmier is an outstanding finisher, to be clear. Like the how he he just looks horrible to tackle. He's all knees, he's he runs hard, he's quick. Um he yeah, he's, all, he's in the Ted Hill mould of Dave Ramsey tackling. Man. He really, really wouldn't. Um, <laughs> and he's so powerful, he's almost got such a low sense of gravity, his timing's so good on on the collision. So um, he yeah. seeked that one out on that winger. Yeah, well, he knew. I guess he knew that there wasn't really probably space on the outside, and he he just thought I'm going to go over two of them. So um, fantastic! And yeah, when he went down, he kind of stayed down after he, he scored the try. It looked like he kind of rolled his ankle slightly, and then I think he cramped up. Um, and yeah, I'm sure hearts were in mouths for those at the wreck that day. Yeah, we saw him out for 11 months, and that was um, that was that was terrible last season. So it was one of. The- Sorry, mate. It was one of those where it almost looked like it might be a shoulder injury at first because the way he kind of reached and then extended and then kind of got almost someone, one of the Newcastle players fell on him. I thought initially maybe he popped his shoulder out or something, but as you say, he kind of didn't get up immediately to celebrate and I think was calling to be kind of seen to be helped, kind of one of the boys come and help him with cramp. And I think yeah. the Glamble came on straight away. So yeah, one, one to keep an eye on there. I think a couple of important moments towards the end, whilst it was a little bit closer, Jamie Blamere, a couple of you know, questionable offloads while Newcastle were, were well. banging on the door and a kick. And there was also a, a really important Ted Hill steal from, from a line-out uh, towards the end of the game when, when again, Newcastle were in touch. But, 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 but yeah, that, that was a nice moment from Ted Hill. As I said, 24 34-26 win. Comfortable enough in the end? Yeah, and just on Ted Hill as well, kind of limped off a little bit. Mm. Um, it, we didn't see that he was he was, he was was okay. It didn't look overly serious, but good to get um, an update on, on, on that. I don't know whether the club are, are planning on resuming the, mm. the injury updates from the press conferences on, that happened on Wednesday, but those are really, really helpful um, if they are. But other than that, yeah, solid win, bonus point win. Mm. Um, must be the first time in some time that we've started our season off with a, a bonus point win in the Premiership. Um, but yeah, no injuries that we necessarily know of. And we've got 15 games now. 
on the bounce until February. So that is very, very, very important that we, we manage those players well. Yeah, so I guess the ones to watch will be Max, Joma, Ted Hill and, and Will Muir, who are the ones that appeared to come off with, with slight injuries. Um, Joma obviously yeah. will be a concussion protocol job, so hopefully he'll be back for Saracens. Yeah, a good win. Yeah. I, I want to just pick one more player out. I want to pick Chris Kluter out. We were thoroughly enjoying watching him this evening. He just brings just a different level of aggression, of gnarl, that I think we just have been lacking. He's always at the bottom of moors, just making life really difficult for opposition. And yeah, it has maybe felt to me like we've been a little bit soft in previous seasons. Chris Clutter is absolutely not soft. I think no. he, he was running after one of the Newcastle players yeah. just to have a little bit of a shoulder. And he's, he, you know, he has to be really careful. He did get yeah, 10, 10, meters, yeah. 10 meters backed on him from the referee as I think he was just starting to get in his bad books a little bit. But I, for one, love a player that just lives on the edge like that. And, mm. and yeah, I think in what is a uh, extremely stacked back row division, he's making that seven shirt his own. And, and when Bayliss and Reed are options there and Some Underhill middle, comes yeah. back, you know, it's difficult to leave um, Chris Clutter out. Yeah, and there's going to be plenty of rotations for the, for sure. the, the reason that, that, that we're talking about. Maybe, yeah, the two other guys that we'll, we should we should mention briefly. I thought Alfie Barbary, though, he got his try mm. early doors. He was relatively quiet. I think, you know, he obviously was injured for a long period of time. I don't think he's probably quite got his snap back or his, his confidence back. But um, I'm still on the, of, is Alfie Barbary a number eight watch? I think that, there's, yeah, I mean, we'll see see, see how he, he gets on. It's very early days, but um, hookers and back row, front row are not really positions that you can just keep switching between. So I think it'll be a longer road for him to get back to playing well at, at hooker, but we'll see, <laughs> we'll see, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how he goes. Because um, I think in that department, you know, outside of Benno, I thought Thomas the Toy as well, we'll see how he, he progresses, but we, we are lacking out-and-out heavy traffic carriers yeah. that we have been for some time. Um, and if he can start to become that a little bit, that'll be that'll be really, really um, important for us. And then, yeah, just on Thomas the Toy as well, a solid 70 minutes. He looks very, very powerful in the carry. He was held up for um, one try where he basically just went over the top of two or three defenders in, 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 in close quarters. I thought at scrum time, he didn't quite have the dominance that I was expecting. He's very tall. And I think Adam Brocklebank did quite a good job of um, kind of getting underneath him a bit, and he he, he didn't didn't have a huge amount of dominance there, but um, very solid, looks durable, obviously decent engine on him as well. He was able to to, to get those 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 seventy minutes in him, um, and then yeah, sorry, just one other thing I was going to mention as well mm. was the kicking. Um, I mm. thought well, in that first cool. half, Matt Gallagher was outstanding off the kicking kicking into um, kicking into touch. Mm. Yeah, he was outstanding. Um, came kind of came off it in the second half. Just on, just finish the point on the toy. That's that's twice in two weeks. You and Johan have described him as durable, which yeah, touch touch wood, come doesn't <laughs> come back to bite us. Do you, do you kind of does it take time to build a relationship in the front three? Obviously, Benno and and Danny will know each other so well and, and be used to scrummaging with with Yonker and and with Stewart in particular. Detroit's been there for a few weeks now. Should we expect that to take a 
couple of months to develop into a, a partnership or is that something that they should be able to kind of hit the ground running with? I think it will get better with time for sure. I mean, yeah, Tom's done, Tom Dunn said to us previously mm. on this podcast that the three of them with, with Will Stewart as well, just know the timing of, mm. of, of the engage and or when you're all slightly different heights, when um, there's so many variables of, of you know, the opposition um, front row, it's definitely going to take time. I think Thomas the Toy being a little bit taller than those other two, with Will Stewart being being kind of the same height or very similar. I think that just means that that there's kind of more that can go wrong a little bit. We've also got to remember that you know Charlie Yules has has come back in and hasn't played a Premiership game in 16 months. So what's going on behind you is 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 important as well in getting it all all cohesive. So um, yeah, I, I think you know he's clearly a very good scrummager. You don't. You're not able to play both sides of the scrum and get 28 caps for South Africa and have a, a very good career so far as he has if you're not. So um, I think that'll only get better if Touchwood, he, he stays fit. Yeah, those, Sarri, uh, those South African boys have, have got some scrummaging prowess, taking the scrum off a mark and then winning a penalty yes. against France was the ultimate flex of the weekend. That was, yeah, a fantastic moment. Just on the kicking, Tom, as, as we kind of round off this review of the Newcastle victory. I thought it was interesting. It was it was a kind of mix, wasn't it? So Gallagher before Russell was kicking both sides, left and right favoured sides to the corner. And then when Russell came on, Russell was taking to the right and Gallagher to the left. And then Spencer kind of was taking conversions throughout. And then I think Russell took the last one. But Spencer may have been off the field at that point. Yeah, he may have just was. come off the field. It's kind of going to be interesting to see how, how this develops. I'm on, on record as saying I just want Matt Gallagher to to kick both sides to touch. I think it's such a big weapon. We saw two in the first half, which which led to tries that were just right into the five-metre line. I think he's great at it. You know, I, I, I did guess... Miss, he did miss one. Did miss one. And maybe it's tough if, if Russell, you know, thinks that that's a job he should be doing. But I just think it doesn't really matter as long as it's going into the right areas. And, and yeah, who's going to kick sticks? Because it wasn't Spencer's best day from the tee, mainly down to the fact that he just ran 50 metres for, for three of the tries, which mm. probably meant he was a little bit out of breath. Um, it's probably not Russell's strongest suit either. So that's going to be an interesting one to, to kind of track that throughout the season. Yeah, I do. I think over the last few years, Russell's kicking numbers have been, been pretty good for Scotland. So I'd be very surprised if uh, Ben Spencer hasn't, really been place-kicking all that consistently until last season. So um, I'll be pretty surprised if, if Russell's doing it. But he equally, to your point, doesn't really strike me as someone mm. with a big ego who's going to insist on doing stuff. Um, so, yeah, we'll kind of, kind of see how see how that plays out. Just on the World Cup, I mean, moving, moving things on slightly quick mm. and quickly, uh, we mentioned Sam Underhill going out to, to join the training um with with England for prior to the game against Fiji. Two other guys from our mm. from, from Bath Rugby also went out in Ethan Stadden and Will Parry. Um and yeah Bath put a, a nice photo up on on their Instagram of um of them post training. So that's a very cool opportunity for mm. guy, two guys, one nineteen, one twenty, who get to go out and train with the World Cup squad prior to a, a World Cup quarterfinal. Very cool. Um and yeah, hopefully that kind of inspires them to, to push on and, and get some get international honours in, in time. Yeah, a nice idea um, from, from England, definitely not wanting to take too many boys away from a premiership. A premiership that, that came off 
with a bang, I think, and, and the, definitely the most surprising result of the weekend was Exeter's demolition job of Saracens. And it is, of course, Saracens who Bath play next next weekend at the Allianz. They're obviously missing a few England boys and, and Tompkins as well with Wales, Saracens. But their heaviest premiership defeat, 11 tries, Exeter actually missed six of 11 conversions. So yeah. could and probably should have been uh, a, a little bit more. Yeah, um, yeah a, a, an eye-opening performance from from both Exeter. But I think watching those highlights back, maybe most eye-opening from, from Saracens, that was a... Yeah, uh, an incredibly weak and, and un-Saracens-like, if that's a word, performance. And will we do a, a bit of a backlash, potentially? Or, or is that yeah. just kind of the level of this team without without some of those big names? I don't know. I think Saracens have been very, very good at, mm. at being able to switch players in and out and still be a good side, still mm. do their drills very, very well. And, you know, their own, they are missing... Players, particularly in that England team, Vunapola, um, Farrell, Katoje, uh, Jamie George, Elliot Daly. But you know, you still look down that Saracen side. And I, I did b- before the game. You still got Riccione, Hunter Hill, Asikwe, McFarlane, Tom Willis, Alex Good, Alan Davis, Alex Lewington, Lazowski, yeah. um, Shagan, Sean Maitland, Manu Vunapola, Andy Christie. It was a good 23. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, and to be honest, when you look at the Exeter team, they look even more, they look more stripped than the Saracen side. Mm. And that's just because they've had to um, kind of start afresh a little bit. So yeah, it was very, very concerning as a Saracens fan. I, I think it's more of an ab, ab, as if you were a Saracens fan. <laughs> um, just, just to be clear. You know, if, um, yeah, I think it's probably more of a aberration, kind of an exception than a, than a rule. But, a bonus point inside 17 minutes, and then they just kept going. And it was the nature of some of the tries, just dropping off tackles, interception passes. Alex Good missing a couple of shocking tackles and, and a ball up in the air, and then in frustration, kind of nailing, um, I don't even know, was it Josh Hodge or someone with a, with a, with a cheap shot that, that probably should have, been, should have been looked at. So, yeah, I mean, if Saracens are a little bit rattled, um, you know, but... Then defending champions at the Stonex. We've obviously had some some beatings in our time at the, at the Stonex. So um, hard to see, hard to say. But I think you know, based on the two performances, you, you probably got to give us a good, a good shot. Definitely give us a good shot, but extremely difficult to know what kind of Saracens turn up. And Mark McCall's a master of, mm. of, of rallying that that club, really, from looking at where it's been. So. Yeah, I think it's so difficult to to call this one, and and the bar selection again is going to be fascinating. I, I think Finn probably comes in and starts, having played fifty minutes, another week's training. Um, so that would be great to see another another starting performance from from that front three and and from Barbary. So yeah, I, I think probably consistency from from a bar selection point of view at this stage. Um, and, and then look to see where we go from there. But yeah, it'll be great to see if it is Finn Russell's first start to see that. And an extremely, extremely difficult game to call at the Stonex um, next weekend. Yeah, probably a less difficult game to call, though, 
um, over in over in Paris on on Saturday night. Are we going to have a little chat about our thoughts of the Rugby World Cup and and our and our, our weekend away? How do you see? Well, first of all, thoughts on 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 the weekend, and and then how do you see how do you see the, the England and and Bath boys faring against South Africa on Saturday? Yeah, it felt it did feel we were in Marseille for the, the two lesser games on paper, um, and it did feel like in terms of quality. In anyway. terms of quality, yeah. it does did feel a little bit like the other two were were, were the semi finals, but World Cup fi- World Cup semi finals are, are never easy to call. What were we saying this time four years ago when it was England, New Zealand? Probably quite similar things to what we'd be thinking now that we're probably seven to ten point underdogs and we need to put in a performance to, to uh, kind of one of the best performances in years to, to win the game. And we did it on that day. That was a very, very different England side. And, and England in that second half against Fiji looked yeah, pretty poor and nearly gave that game away. But it's a World Cup semi-final um, and it's incredibly difficult to call. I personally think that the other one is less likely to cause an upset, Argentina, New Zealand. Um, I know I, I do think New Zealand have got a great shot at this at this tournament um, and I think Argentina potentially played their final against Wales in that quarter-final. That was such a big game for them and the reaction of those players and of those fans at the end I think did feel like that was almost mission accomplished for for Argentina, and I think Friday could 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 be a bit of a um, a more a more wide margin than than, than Saturday night. But the, yeah, two more great games of, of rugby, and, and yeah, can't wait to cheer the England boys on. Really hope they they turn over the bad boy South Africa. Yeah, and hopefully see see both Bath boys involved in in in, in the twenty three. Haven't had a huge amount of three involvement. of them maybe. Yeah, well, <laughs> haven't had a huge amount of involvement, have we, in this in this World Cup? But that'll probably be to to um, you know, that'll probably help our season from a, from a bar perspective. Um, ultimately, yeah, it's an incredibly hard prospect though against South Africa, who who are just incredible against France. And yeah, all four of those games with ten minutes to go over last weekend, all of them could have gone either way. Mm. Um, quite incredible rugby. Um, and yeah, still, still two more weekends of it. But but unfortunately, that is it for us um, mm. in France, Street. Yeah, great weekend. Um, yeah, looking forward to maybe following Bath abroad this season down in France. Had some good trips there. That just about rounds it off for us, Tom. Um, thank you for joining me, listeners. Thank you again for your your feedback on on the Johan van Grand interview and for sticking with us this season hope you enjoyed the rugby at the weekend enjoy another great one this weekend if you are going to the stone x cheer on the boys and as always stick behind them